Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome to Fireside Jams, where we jam on community, social commentary, and global artistry. I'm your host, Galactic Nomad. And we got Baka here as well. Yep, yep. And on the line, we got a very special guest, one that's near and dear to our hearts, one that we've known for a while, but a long time, I see. Cool dude. Y'all going to be excited to, to hear his views. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself, Hashem? Hey, my name is Hashem. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge supporter of you both for a very long time now. I support what you represent. Uh, I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much. Coy, uh, why don't you tell us uh, about like some of the past projects you've done that you're excited to carry over and progress on? Sure. So, I mean, as you know, I mean, you know, I, I think around, I mean, in the, I think, let's say, early 2011 or so, maybe a little before that. I mean, I think, I think the first project that, um, the first project I ever jumped on board with was, um, was, uh, creating the homeless documentary that you and I, um, you know, um, had gone out to do, you know, during, that was during the very first, uh, polar vortex during the, uh, Rahm Emanuel administration <laughs> in, uh, in Chicago, where we basically uh, went out, deep. you know, uh, yeah, when we basically went out on the streets and, you know, uh, you know, interviewed home, you know, the, the, the homeless community. I remember, you know, going into, um, Rush Hospital trying to contact HR and set up interviews. And I think that was the very first time where I was just really passionate about something that I, I, I believed in at that time and I still believe in, um, which are, you know, uh, you know, um, the, uh, you know community issues that are that are going on that people don't always see or recognize and i think from that point on it just kind of uh grew from there um you know it, it just it just led to uh you know community community at you know community community advocacy and uh fundraising and uh, uh community organizing whether it's you know organizing um you know a soccer meet you know every sunday for the past 10 years with a you know group uh, a, a variety of people um from different backgrounds you know uh, just to kind of engage and and network or whether it was you know uh creating a you know um uh, an event where you know where we were able to give back to the community and uh you know to the local high school and and uh you know to the local business so I've always, I've always, I've always wanted to um, engage with, uh, with, with, um, with my community, but I think at some point I realized that sometimes when we come from a specific community, it kind of gives us a certain bias, and we just want to constantly give back, give back, give back to that community. And I realized, you know, there are just so many communities out there that that can use our assistance, that can use our contributions and uh you know that's 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 to me that's what being a good samaritan is it's 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 based off of the contributions that you're able to give back into society and i told myself that pilsen you know uh pilsen will always be my home but you know pilsen is not the only community out there and i i i definitely want to continue um expanding my horizons amongst other communities um, specifically next would be the West Garfield Park area, but that's going to be later down the line. Um, so I think, you know, you, it, it's definitely important to really, you know, uh, you know, expand yourself and your views to other, uh, other cultures, other communities and other backgrounds. Well, yeah, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> neighborhoods are so separated though. Like what, what kind of, 
like uh, made it so that it's there's so much separation of thought and, and collaboration. What happened in your mind? I'm, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Just like with uh, with communities being kind of separated by um, as they are, like why why do you think that there's so much uh, sort of separation amongst like the different neighborhoods where the collaboration is it is was you know it's kind of more of a recent thing versus like what it could have been. Well, I, I think that's a great question, and I think it's uh, you know it's, it's a topic that not many you know like to discuss. But I think, in my opinion, um, you know you have to understand that Chicago is the most diverse city in the United States. That that is a, that is a statistical fact. It's not a matter of opinion. It's not up for debate. That is a fact. We are the most diverse city in the nation. You know. Uh, when you come to Chicago, you know, there's there's Chinatown, there's Little Italy, there's Englewood, there's Greektown, uh, Little Mexico, and and so on and so forth. So we are the most diverse city across the nation. And I think the reason uh, to that is, you know, you have people that just, you know, their, their minds are just so constructed to one, uh, you know, to one format, you know, to, to one way of thinking. And it's hard for people to reach out outside of their comfort zone and when you're used to something it's hard to break out of that structure and i think that for the longest time you know you have to have leaders of those communities uh learn to come together not from a business standpoint but from a uh you know from from a I guess from a community standpoint, and you got to just find a way to merge, to merge, you know, to merge those those structures together, as opposed to just having them so diverse. And I think a lot of it also has, you know, ties in with, uh, you know, um, you know, the, your your economic your econ- economical background, you know, uh, your financial background, you know, where where are you financially, you know? So I think a lot of a lot of you know going going from what you just you know. Going from what you just brought up, your question, I think a lot of it also has to do with, you know, <laughs> excuse me, with income. So, um, yeah, classism, I believe, is what it's referred to. Yeah, there, there can be definitely be a lot of intricacies that go into, you know, divisions and uh, different trains of thought. Um, one one thing that I was, I, I helped like a Ukrainian move. Um, and she talked about how she, you know, she hustled from like, you know, from nothing, uh, in Ukraine, came here and she worked and she doesn't understand, you know, why, uh, cause she lives on the west side. Um, she doesn't, she didn't understand why, uh, people can't just work and find jobs, etc. You know, there, and, and she, she kind of had a point, you know, there's, there's Uber, Lyft, all that right now. Um. But I, I, I found myself like not liking and not and really uh, kind of holding myself back from arguing with her because I was just just there from business and I'm that type of person where if it's business I'm not gonna you know go on a full on discussion with anybody. But I found the trouble I found it to be a troubling statement because uh, there's there's definitely still barriers even though it's easier to get jobs these days. Especially with like these apps, you know, you have to have a car, um, with, uh, Uber, Lyft, Instacart. You have to have insurance, a car, so many things. In Chicago, a car is so expensive because you have to get, uh, you have to register your license plate. 
get city stickers, etc. I'm not going to go all the way in depth on all the expenses, but the point is, um, there's still barriers. Yeah, there's still even even you know people that that are kind of decently off uh, struggle with just having something like a car, uh, and you know that's that's just one example of a barrier to being able to you know get some income for your family, provide for your family, and things like that. So when you're thrown out of whack and not being able to provide, that can reflect on how you look, and then other people uh, can kind of judge that. Have you have you Hashem, have you ever had like an experience where you've judged, kind of pre prejudged somebody, and then kind of gotten to know more about somebody and uh, kind of change your opinion or mind? Absolutely, uh, I've you know I've prejudged and I've been judged myself, so I, I absolutely and I think uh, you know I think I I definitely think uh, you know once you once you get to know a person. You know, um, your you know obviously your 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 views change, but absolutely, yeah, I've, I've definitely I've you know I've, I've experienced that firsthand, and it's it's you know it, it's it's different when you're it's different when you're the one judging. It's different it's different when you're the one prejudging, and then you're the one being judged. So I think uh, yeah, absolutely, I, I I've, I've definitely um, I, I I can think of a of a couple experiences. For sure, um, not a specific one that comes to mind per se, but yeah, I mean to answer your question, yes. But okay. we you, all, you, I think I, I think we all have on a, on a social aspect. Yeah, that's true. But you, yeah, you get you get the main gist. So like, when so for for you guys that don't know, West Garfield Park is is like a West Side neighborhood. Um, Hilton, uh, which I I've lived in for a significant part of my life, is. Uh, a Mexican, predominantly Mexican American neighborhood, changed from like Polish to Mexican, um, and the and uh, the Ukrainian lady, uh, she I don't even want to like keep mentioning her, <laughs> but she was living uh, near close near to uh, West Garfield Park. You know that's the hood. That's that's pretty much the hood. I I, have, I haven't really lived on the west side, but um, it's a different it's a different environment when you go there. In Chicago, it's very diverse, but uh, it's also segregated. And right, you can right, go right, from right. One neighborhood to the next, and see you know different worlds. And when you see kind of those clashes, this goes back to Galactic Nomads' question about figuring out how to how to kind of do more collaboration um, and not have judgment uh, and and things like that. Um, do you know like? Have you have you ran into organizations that kind of go across neighborhoods and uh, initiate projects? Uh, do I know of organizations that do that? Um, you know, I. Oh. <clears throat> I mean, well, here. I mean, a great example was. I mean, I I was with an organization. It was called, at the time. It was called Kala, and Kala. Uh, stood for uh, Community Activist Law Alliance and it's now refer it's now so they just changed their name recently uh, they're now known as uh, Beyond Legal Aid it's uh, it's a legal aid firm and so basically what they did was you know they, they they reached out to communities to basically advocate for you know for for um, for minorities who are maybe facing you know uh, let's just say for example uh, 
you know, immigration reform. So like, you know, they're, they're, they, they, you know, they, they're, they're on the verge of being deported or they're, you know, they, they, they don't have, you know, they're, they're, they're having trouble, um, finding an attorney or, uh, let's say, you know, for example, um, maybe these, maybe these, these individuals are being taken advantage of, uh, by their landlords because their landlords know that they don't have documentation, they don't have papers. So they have these tenants uh literally i mean they have these tenants by, by the balls and it's 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 very you know so i mean to make a long story short yes so i i mean yeah I, I am familiar with certain organizations i was i myself was part of an organization uh for a short time period um very part, proud of the work that we did um and you know obviously you know you can't forget casa norte and you you know you gotta you gotta you, you also have to acknowledge the organizations that are that are you know that are that are in our community that aren't aren't that our that are in our city's communities uh that we don't always hear about you know so i'm sure there are tons of organizations that i'm probably missing um so uh it's hard because you know organizations are just you know they're, they're just they're you know there's always there's always a new organization you know um uh being planted and, and, and growing so it, it, it's it's really hard to kind of keep track of all of them but uh i mean just to kind of say that i was a part of one i mean it's it's, it's something that I, I i hold very dear to, to to me yeah yeah no that's good and you know it seems like you're you have a lot of organizations and backgrounds however it seems like it's more of a individual uh mindset as well of like you know these are things that are interesting to you so you found groups right. of people that share that interest and getting out there. What are, what are, I mean, it's, when you find that group, it's easy to kind of like connect with them on, on many different levels. But what are some competing arguments for, you know, things that, that you're kind of used to, you know, things, or things that you, you felt were logical in your ways? Like, what are some things that are really like, uh, went against what you believe? And how did you kind of like, you know, come to grasp with that? Or, or what did you do to like kind of, you know, just kind of adapt your own your own body to it. Uh, that that is a great great question. Um, that's a great question. I've only been asked that question once, and when I was asked that uh, a while back, it was very difficult for me to to respond with. Um, first off, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna say this: when you join an organization, when you join an organization, everyone has everyone has uh, different motives. Okay, you're all pretty much there for the same reason. But every single person in that organization has a different motive behind it. And I'm going to tell you something. People in non-for-profit, so I was affiliated with a non-for-profit organization, not a, not a, not for-profit. And I think that's very, very important to, uh, you know, to make clear. So I was part of a non-for-profit organization and a lot of the individuals, I mean, some, with the exception of very few, they were super, super, I mean, super friendly. I mean, they're for the cause. They, um, but I can think of, uh, you know, a lot of other individuals that were, that were in that organization that were just there for, you know, they were just there for the experience. They were just there for the ride. They could care less what happens after. They just wanted to have it on their resume and, and, and off to the next. So to those people, that's kind of where you face conflict with because they see a they 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 see a temporary solution versus a long-term permanent solution so you know for someone you know for someone with a justice studies you know background 
it was hard for me to see eye to eye with someone who had a marketing background, you know. So, you know, if you have a marketing background with a with a with a not for profit organization, it's obviously beneficial to that organization on a marketing scale. However, when you're touching base on social, top, you know, on on grassroots topics, social grassroots issues you're not going to really see eye to eye and that's 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 uh, I think that's one of the biggest struggles that I had at least uh when I when I was at that with with that organization um so because you you know like you like you said you know what what were some things that went against my my beliefs and you know so I mean I pitched numerous ideas and some some went through and some some didn't and uh, it, it you know unfortunately the, the 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 people who were there a bit longer even though the organization was only four years old at the time um, you know they already I mean they just like I said they just recently changed their name so it was still a new organization but I think the leadership there uh, wasn't as experienced enough in my opinion. Um, so I, I think I think that was something that kind of went against my beliefs was just that, you know, I'm I'm sitting in a room with these people who say they're about change, but you know what, you know, are you part of a temporary change or are you part of a, you know, are you part of a temporary solution or a permanent solution? And that that's where you face uh, that's where you start to face the obstacle. To your point, that's kind of like uh, this is a job versus this is my life, my actual life, my lifestyle. Right. This is everything that I'm a part of. This is everything that I'm doing, and I'm like every like every every incremental change in this this area of interest impacts me and impacts those that I love and impacts those that you know I you know I come to grips you know uh, I come around. So it's it's different in that like um, so that's probably where where that comes from, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to bring up as a theme for this month, as you guys may know, it is the first. Wake up, wake up. Um, you know, it's the first of February and it's Black History Month. I, I would encourage the listeners to be able to uh, look into prominent figures in black history. First one I want to mention is like Frederick Douglass. He's at the top of my list of people that have inspired me. But getting back to the point i want to i want to talk about kind of social issues where or issues between different communities uh with black communities and hashem you being mexican and uh middle eastern you you have a unique perspective in terms of understanding like nuances and also uh ways to ally um yeah can you comment on that yeah, I, first off, I mean, thank you so much for acknowledging that. Uh, it's true. Yes, I, I do come from both uh, Middle Eastern and, and Hispanic background. Um, I've lived a very, 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 uh, I have to say a very uh, interesting lifestyle because on one hand, you know, I, I grew up a small portion of my life in the suburbs and then migrated most of my, what most of my life took place was in, 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 the, in the city. Um, and then it, it led in another direction into the West Side, which is something you know. It's, I, I've been I've been I've, I've been a part of the West Side since I was maybe 13 or 14 years old, and I'm almost 30 years old now. So, you know, even though I didn't live on the West Side, I was on the West Side, you know, four to five days a week from the time I was 14 years old. Um, 
you know, whether it was in the morning, days, nights, you name it. So I'm, I, I'm sorry, I, I, that was just kind of giving me a brief uh, introduction. On my, I guess I just on my background. What, what was your direct question to me? I'm sorry. Uh, what are what are some ways to, that that you've learned to um, ally and kind of uh, break some nuances or or uh, gain understanding between uh, community the community? Well, uh, that's a that's a that's a really great uh, that's a powerful question. I think for me, finding common ground is through its residents, it's through its people. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know sometimes leadership in certain communities uh the the views start to shift and it takes a new it takes a new direction um i think if you want to find common ground and you want to find you know if you want to find understanding you do it through the through the people and you know it's it's uh you know coming up in different communities it's you know everything you know everything's different and you have to be able to kind of understand where people are coming from even if you yourself didn't have that upbringing you have to be able to find that uh you have to be able to find just that one connection that has led you both in the same room for whatever reason and i think once you're able to find out what that reason is that's when something powerful happens and i think uh you know it reminds me of when i you know when i when i when i organized the um, the open mic event, you know, I had this idea, you know, I had this idea of what would have, you know, I, I've come across so many great people in my life, whether it was through work, school, um, you know, work, school, uh, social gatherings, whatever it was, I've met so many great people and I just thought to myself, what would happen? You know, they, here, here's the problem. They didn't know each other though. So I knew all these great people, but they didn't know of each other. So I thought to myself, what would happen if I put all these people in one room together? What would happen? And when it happened, when it finally happened, it was it was great. I so many, you know, I, I I saw the networking, I saw the collaborations take place before my very eyes. And I think you know, I, I think once you you know, if you have that mindset to want to bring people together, I think you can go very far um, as a society. So. Yeah, I don't know if that if that answers your question. That's considering like the professional, you know, professional ways of collaborating. Um, I, I want to like expand more, but I guess uh, a, a good way to expand the discussion is kind of talk about uh, what you've done on the west side and kind of the relationships you formed there. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, so uh, you know, my 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 father, <laughs> my father. Um, has a restaurant on the west side of Garfield Park, and it's been there for over 45 to 50 years. Okay, um, he took. I mean, so he took over a while ago. Um, he wasn't there the full 50 years, but he he did he did take it over. And uh, you know, it's it's um, you know it's 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 a it's, it's a restaurant. It's not it's not it's not any other uh, form of business. He you know he's uh, he he was. Um, I, I was kind of grandfathered in with the restaurant industry, so um, you know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not there full time, but the time, the days that I am there, the times that I am there, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, what, what, 
I can't say what I've done for the community because I mean I I it just you know I just I wouldn't feel right and I I I, I don't really think I'm in a position to say what I've done for the community because I I don't feel like I've really done much for the community. Um, aside from being there and serving the community through you know through through all forms of um, through all forms of issues you know like you know when the riots took when the riots took place back uh, in 2020 you know when they were tearing the city apart you know the restaurant remained open and I was I was there so we you know I, I think as far as contributing we just we just continue to give good food to good people out there that's that's that, that that's that's what I can say I contributed to but. I mean, I, I, I do know that my father has, you know, has, has um, you know, he has uh, discreetly, um, you know, worked with the, worked, worked with the high schools there and he, he has, he has given back to the community, but it's not something he, uh, it's not, he's a, he's a prideful man and it's not something he, you're ever going to hear him talk about. But um, I mean, you know, the, the, the principal of the high school knows and you know certain certain individuals know what 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 my father's contributions have been to the to the community so um you know just hey. uh just to, just to be there and continue serving the community through you know all kinds of <laughs> social obstacles um is a challenge in itself in my opinion yeah, yeah especially, I, I think it's, it's especially I think when you're and forgive me for saying this I, I think especially when you're I guess a minority in a minority community so it's it's it, 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 it's been challenging it's definitely been challenging because you know as you mentioned earlier um you know the west side of you know the west side is predominantly it's predominantly an african-american community and um you know being being Middle Eastern in 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 a in 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 a predominantly African American community, you know we we you know we definitely we're, we're definitely I, I I think we're definitely viewed a certain way, um, especially in the beginning. But I think you know again, kind of going back to what we what we had touched base on is once you start to get to know people, that's when your views start to change. And I've I've gotten to see that I've got I've I've had the opportunity to see that happen firsthand. So it's been an interesting ride for sure. Hey Ashton, do you guys open yourselves up to um, to the community to to, to to tell you guys or to share what would help them out uh, as far as like you know to improve the community, like to be more like integrated with the community? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, like, absolutely. So I, that, I think. Never no, go ahead. Well, okay, so I think I think what needs to happen is that. I think communities need to be, you know, whether it's that community, whether it's, you know, the Hispanic community, there needs to be education involved on how to, how to, uh, enrich your community, how to keep it within, you know, how to keep the community within itself. So I think that if there are, I, I think, I believe that if there were more black businesses owned by black people I think that would help enrich the community a lot more but you have to you ask think yourself that, uh, go ahead no no go ahead yeah, come on. well I, so I think you just have to ask yourself so why you know why is this not happening what 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 are the challenges that what are the challenges that they're facing why is it the way that it is why are we losing 
you know, businesses, why are we losing businesses to, you know, other, you know, to, to people who don't have our, to, to, why are we losing our businesses to individuals who don't have our people in our best interest? You know, you have these developers who are coming in, taking over, not just, not just the Pilsen community, but it's happening even right now on the West Side. You know, you're seeing these, you know, you're seeing certain blocks on the West Side that are drastically changing. You know, if you go over by, uh, I believe, Madison and Western, I mean, it, it, you know, it's starting to become a little more diverse. And <laughs> um, I, I'm thinking of, I think, uh, Ogden in California is starting to change a bit. So, you know, you have to ask yourself, are, you know, are the people being given an opportunity? But again, nothing comes for free either. Nothing, nothing, nothing is handed out for free. So I think that, I think opportunity, I, I think education and opportunity play a key factor in where the community will go 10 years from now. So I truly believe that, uh, you know, the African-American community can help enrich themselves or their community if they found a way to collaborate amongst each other. It's not, you know, it, it, it's, you know, oftentimes you hear, you know, people of the same color who are just at, you know, they're not just at war with, with, with the outside, but they're at war with themselves within, with, you know, from within. And I think you gotta, you gotta, you gotta touch, you have to really touch uh, key topics that, you know, people don't want to talk about. And you gotta see what happens from there. Do you, do you guys ever, um, like, do they ever learn from, like, other community members how to strengthen, like, from your, from your viewpoint, do you ever see that? Cause, like, you guys have, like, you know, a business that's been there for 45 years and, you know, you're, you're, you're contrasting that to, you know, the lack of, of black businesses within the community. So, do the community members ever, like, reach out and ask, like, hey, how, how did this, how did you start your business? And, like, what were some of the, the difficulties or intricacies of, of that process? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't ask me directly, but I've stand, you know, I've, I've stood, I've stood to the side and have heard, you know, I mean, you know, from the time I've been there, I've, I've heard, I've heard so many questions directed to my father and I've, 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 I've been fortunate to have stood there every, every question of the way. And yeah, that, that question has been brought up a couple of times, you know, how did, you know, my, see, here, here's the, so here's the thing. My dad, so my father is a tip, he's, it's a typical um, coming to America story. So my dad was an immigrant. You know, he came, he came here at 18 years old, and he sought out to have, he sought out to, uh, you know, to pursue the American dream. So for him at that time was hard work and an education. So he achieved his education and he went off to work, 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 work until he, until he, you know, purchased his first business with his business partner. Uh, it went well, and you know he was able to buy his partner out, and it, you know it was it was it, the business belonged to him, and you know for what you know for for you know to make a long story short, he shut that place down. I mean it, it was a twenty he had that place for twenty years, he shut it down, and then he took over uh, you know the restaurant over on the west side. So you know for for there were there were no handouts. I can say that there were no handouts. There was no. There was no education. There wasn't no. There wasn't any any form of education on how to be successful or how to run a business. It was through the typical hard work. I mean, getting on your hands and knees, cleaning toilets. Uh, you know, maybe working a full time job and two part time jobs on the side. 
you know so everyone has their own story at least you know my for my father it was you know it, it wasn't anything glamorous so i think you just gotta have you know you gotta you gotta you know you, you have to you know you have to just really preach on you know where hard work can get you but at the same time you don't want to be subjected to just that you know that one job you know you want to be able to create opportunity for yourself and for other people and you know my my uh you know my when my father took over he kept he kept the entire staff the same he didn't make any modifications to his staff um you know you you asked me earlier what are the contributions that the business has done for the community and he's you know I, I think one of the biggest contributions was that he kept everything the same he didn't make any changes um whether it was by keeping people you know still you know keeping people still employed there you know uh giving ex-convicts uh, a second chance and we have we've had a lot of them we've had a lot of you know ex-convicts that have worked there and that are you know still there and uh they they are just honestly i mean you know they they uh they made mistakes. They paid their dues. They paid their debts to society, and they just want to be given a second chance. And they, uh, they're, 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 they're really great people. And uh, you know, these are you have to find. You know, you, it, it's hard to find people out there nowadays that are willing to give you a second chance in life. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud to, uh, I'm proud to, <laughs> excuse me, I'm proud to be a part of, you know. Um, uh, I, I'm proud to I'm proud to at least acknowledge and see that. Yeah, that's dope. Like, and I actually had a caller just just um, bring up a point, and I want to know your thoughts on some of the social because uh, what you're talking about with your father and how his coming his coming to America story, and it was very inspiring because that's the story that a lot of uh, immigrants come with, right? And and that they're looking for. It's kind of like the the immigrant dream within the american dream right because it's like well when we get here we're gonna we're gonna achieve these things within america because it's outside of that it's something like that that people kind of connect with so like what are your what are your what is, like what are your thoughts on some of the social uh when people bring up like social issues that you know don't make it as easy to to achieve those dreams within uh the black community uh which which inhibits them from, from achieving that, that level of success even can you yeah, I'd like examples? to give some examples. Yeah, like redlining, uh, loan sharking, uh, job. Like it's, it's it's honestly a lot of times I've even experienced this, um, and I'm light skinned. It's harder to get a job as uh, someone. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'll say someone that's uh, African American or black, um, and even with like uh, I'll say my name, my my name may have something to do with it, but um, there's so many barriers that. Can uh, hinder um, blacks from getting job jobs compa in comparison to um, uh, yeah immigrants or uh, even white counterparts. Sorry, I, I, I'm sorry. I just want to make sure I understand. So, are you? If I'm understanding correctly, so you're basically saying that it's a lot more difficult for an African American to maybe reach a you know. A, reach a um an employment goal as opposed to others. well that was one example yeah that was yeah that's okay. an example. um yeah so 
and redlining, loan sharking, things like that. Basically, keys to success, like foundations. When you think of like stability and, and foundational things, you know, basic must have. Um, those are areas that um, Blacksville are being uh, targeted most. And I just wanted to know, like, you know, from that perspective, like, what is your, your thoughts on when that comes up or, you know, folks talk about those things? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm having just a little difficulty understanding the question. I, I, and I, I just, because I want to make sure I'm answering, answering it the right way. Um, Baka, you may be better at the question, at the, uh, at pointing it out then. Uh, you, you, you go ahead, bro. Uh, can you, can you, uh, Say, say what the question was first and then uh yeah yeah okay sure uh, okay so essentially i was just asking because like um you, when you were mentioning about your, your dad's coming of uh, coming to america's story and how he achieved the level of success and how he worked pretty much like to your point tooth and nail to get to where he got but what is your views on um contrast that to the views on um when, when blacks feel like they don't they came and achieved that because of the, the social economic uh you know pitfalls that you know, are quote unquote important to them through, you know, being uh, of African uh, heritage, lineage, and things like that, for instance, like redlining, uh, you know, uh, uh, prejudice and, and, you know, uh, oppression, general oppression. I understand. I, yeah, okay. So, I mean, first, I mean, you got to go back first. I mean, with, um, you know, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was supposed to ensure that nothing like this is supposed to, can, uh, like, that nothing like this, nothing. Uh, you know, that nothing racial should interfere with your job employment. That was the whole, that was one, I'm sorry, not, not, I'm gonna, re, re, um, retort. That was one of the many reasons that the Civil Rights Act was brought, you know, in 1954. So, you know, do we still face that today? Absolutely. And I, I, I think that, you know, I, I think it's unfortunate. I think that you're, you know, I, you know, I, 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 <clears throat> I don't disagree with what you're saying. I, I think that absolutely. I think that, you know, African-Americans that, you know, are not given a fair shot. I think a lot of times um, in terms of uh, employment. And I do believe, I mean, to answer your question directly, I, I, I you know, I, I do believe that obviously it has a lot to do with racial discrimination. And, um, you know, and I, I think that if you have, you know, obviously if you have a unique name, it doesn't make matters any better either. And, you know, I mean, look, you know, you know, you mentioned your name and look at my name. You know, I, I can I can tell you right now. I mean, <clears throat> I might not be I might not, I, you know, my, I, I, you know, I'm, I might not be African-American, but I can assure you that just having a Middle Eastern name in today's in today's America hasn't been an easy ride for me either. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's been often, often I mean, there are so many so many times even 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 now with my job it's like you still you know you you, you still you know you, you still don't feel like you're treated fairly um but you know obviously that yeah. wasn't a question that wasn't a question but i can agree you know with that. I, I just wanted to say like um like yeah i definitely understand that and i think that even that is uh a, a, an opening for um minorities that aren't black to be able to you know not judge and uh more so and not be you know racist because a lot of times white supremacy can be embedded with immigrants um and find those points like uh unique names and kind of uh bring that understanding 
and uh, come together with uh, African Americans. Yeah, and you know what? I and I have to. I you know one thing I do have. To, I, I want to mention, and I want to. You know, I I I think it's very 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 important uh, to, to to address is that you know the Arabs and the African American community, believe it or not, believe it or not, have more similarities than you think. You know, it. You know, you hear oftentimes the you know the brown and the you know, brown and black, uh, you know, facing the same the same amount of discrimination. Look, we all. I think we all, from a from a from a cultural standpoint, we we've all faced some sort some sort of uh, uh, some sort of discrimination. Okay. And, but you know, I mean. And who knows? I mean, you know, maybe there's people out there that are gonna disagree with what I'm saying, and I'm sure there are. But I, hey, look, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I, I will tell you firsthand. I mean, I, from the time I was 14, I'm almost 30 years old. Okay, I was on the west side of Chicago for four to five days out of the week. Okay, from the time I was 14 years old, and I saw how much, just how much the Arabs. And blacks have more similarities than not. And I think you, you know, when you when you when you hear an Arab and an African American community, you know, you automatically think, you know, these stereo you you automatically hear these stereotypical analogies like, well, you know, well, there's a liquor store owned there's a liquor store owned by an Arab in in in, in a in a black community, you know, but. You know, yeah, I mean, you know, whether that's a statistical fact or it's just a matter of opinion, you know, okay. But there's also a lot of other stores opened up in that community. You know, there's, there's, there's grocery stores, there's food markets, there's restaurants. So it's one thing to look at one okay. certain thing, but you have to acknowledge, the you know, everything else around it. And I think that, you know, once you start to kind of open up your mind a little bit, you start to see that the Arabs and the Blacks, have a lot more similarities. They all, they, they both, they both just want to survive, and we're both, you know, we're, we're, we're both, we're both being discriminated against. I mean, we, you know, you know, you, you think about, you know, I think about the Palestinian, well, the, the first occupation, uh, 1948. I mean, think about how many Palestinians were, 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 were you know, are on, are under occupation now, and how much, you know, how much the Arab community is, 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 you know how much how much the Arab community was bashed after after 9/11. You know, no one, no one, no one knew the difference between Afghanis and Arabs to the yeah. outside. You know, to, to the to the public, to you know, to to uh, America. You know, we were portrayed as all the same. No one. I mean, if you if you said you were an Arab, you you were automatically part of nine. You know, you you had some affiliation with 9/11. That was the assumption of the of the public. That's just not the case. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's very true. And uh, I think even even that kind of example where people are lumped together is something that we we always have to think about. Um, and on that note, I want to know, like, so we we've talked about, uh, you know, getting uh getting together as black black people, um, and you know, making businesses, right? And we've also talked about uh, someone like your father who, who was able to uh, run a business in a black community. 
um, and as giving advice uh, to to people in those that community in, in terms of how to run a business. Um, but then we we get to like these political issues. And well, I I don't I don't mean to cut you off. I I I, I you, you brought up something right just just a moment ago that. You know, I, I I will say I will I, I do want to address one thing. In the beginning, when my father took over, uh, it wasn't all it wasn't you know we weren't as welcomed into the community like maybe you think. Uh, yeah, as I don't, you know, I, I mean, definitely a lot of conflict. <laughs> say, say that again. I'm sure there was definitely a lot of conflict and bashing, right? Absolutely. In the beginning, I mean, the, the first, I think the first few years, the first couple of years, I was just a kid. I mean, I had never felt so unwanted in a community like, like before. Like I was just, I was scared. I was terrified because, you know, I had never, I had never been in that community before. I didn't know what the community was about. And, you know, I, I only heard things and, you know, when, when, when I come into an environment where people are, you know, where, 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 where people are just, where I felt they were hostile towards me or my dad, um, I, I didn't understand why. And I, I, I remember, I remember, I remember this, I mean, this, this was years ago. Um, and it, it happened to my father and then it happened. To, I didn't, I didn't believe until it happened to me. There's a, there's a, there was a, um, a cook there um he just recently we just recently lost him unfortunately uh good he, i mean just a great guy he had been with the, with the restaurant uh, thank you he had been with the restaurant for i mean since the beginning and um he was very well respected in the in the neighborhood and i'll never forget when uh you know i, I was there one time and um and and uh, two customers came in and they uh, they ordered and my dad was about to you know he was about to make the food and he's like he, they're like no no I don't want that white motherfucker touching our food I want him to touch our food and I I looked at them and I I just I just I was just so filled I was just filled I wasn't filled with hate I was filled with anger because it's like man like you know as an Arab like we you know we face. We face more criticism, I think, from white people than any other way, than any other race. So for for another minority, for someone else to just say that, I was like, Gee, like fuck, like that really that it, it really angered me. And then years later, it happened again. This time, it was a reverend, and uh, we call him Rev, and he comes in all the time and um he uh, you know i was i was about to uh make his you know make make his toast and he's like he's like he's like i don't want you touching my food because i want i pointed at the same guy the same cook he's like i only want him touching my food because i don't want you or him touching pointing at my dad saying i don't want you or him touching my food and you uh, that has, oh, my bad, my bad. And, and, no no it's okay and then and then right when he was ready to pay he didn't even want us to take his money. He gave it to the waitress, you know, who, you know, I mean, and I, 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 maybe I'm being vague. So the staff, all the staff there is African, they're all African-American. So he gave it to the waitress and he's like, he's like, he's like, here, he's like, I want you to take the money. And it's like, you know, it's fine. Like it didn't make it, you know, at the end of the day, the money's going to be distributed 
you know, for all of us. He, you know, but in his mind, he just he didn't want, you know, he didn't want it going to my, he didn't want it going into my father's hand for whatever reason. And I can see where people might counter back and might, you know, they might, you know, people might question the story and say, well, maybe he had a bad experience with my, with me and my dad. No. I mean, he was a regular there. I, I, like I said, I mean, we call him Rev. He's a, he's a reverend. He comes in with his, with his attire, but he's still, you know, he's still stuck in his old ways. And, um, I think that's something that has to be eliminated. I think, you know, the hatred and animosity towards another specific group that has to be addressed because, I mean, you're never going to get anywhere. And, um, but those are two, those are, those are two scenarios that I just, I, 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 I will never forget. I will probably take to my grave. Hey, Hassan, I got a, I got a question though. Cause like, as you were saying that, I was just like, there's two rationales for it. Cause we met, like perception is never 100%, right? So, right. If you see, if you're a black person and you walk in, you want some, like, some cooking and you see some white dude behind there, not saying your dad's white, but it's like, you're like, yo, like, the soul food, I want, I want the brother to do, I want the, it's like you go to a spot, like, personally, I'm just like, if I want somebody cooking my chicken, I know it's for my food and soul food, I want the lady with the big arms, I want somebody that, that got, like, missing, uh, you know what I'm saying, like, it, 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 it gotta, it, it gotta, it gotta connect, it gotta connect, that's just like a culture. Sure, sure. You know, so you can kind of add humor to it, you, you know, because that opens hearts instead of closing doors. Um, getting back into, like, you know, why that, that guy was like, you know, I don't want to put my money into that dude's hands. Maybe that speaks to like the oppression that 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 you know that that community faces. Our community, or you know, our community faces is just that you know um, the idea of giving your money away to white white people. He may not even know your, your dad's white or whatever, or just white skin, but outside of the but it's just general outside of the community. Maybe that was like that that way of reversing that that feeling of powerlessness, right? It's like I gave my money to my own. I invested into my own and that's why, you know, I feel better about that. You know, maybe there's a sense I of betrayal totally, and, I, and then, you know, there's just that general I, sense of betrayal in that community that is already, um, you know, uh, lacking resources. What are your thoughts? I totally, I totally, yeah, I totally understand. And I, look, I, I think, I mean, he, you know, he was one person out of a hundred others that has come in since then. Right. Um, I hear what you're saying, but what if the roles were reversed? What if I walked into a restaurant, okay, and I saw someone, you know, African-American touching the food, and I said, you know what, I don't want them touching my food because, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm used to Middle Eastern food. I, you know, I don't, they don't, they don't know. They don't, you know, I don't, I, just, just, just exactly what you said to me. What if, what if the roles were reversed? That's my thing. I definitely think if the roles were reversed, um, it, w- it would have been a problem. But the the thing is not to look at, I think, not to look at things, you know, tip to tat, right? Um, and talking talking about oppression, um, a lot of times, you know, without even knowing it, uh, we can, you know, oppress similar to our oppressors, right? We can... Sure. We can, uh, you know, do that. Like that, that does. If you like, if you make the picture um, reverse, it does look like some Jim Crow era type shit, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, like we, we got to bring understanding to that. But there, there is also that that uh, sentiment that uh, you want to kind of empower 
those people that that are are like you um, because you feel like you're being taken from. So there does happen on both sides, though, on all sides. Um, yeah, well, we, no, we look, do have I, to. We I, do I, have I, to. I, I, no, oh yeah, yeah. Now I was just gonna say, we, we as a as a as a community members, you know, we we have to understand like all like all of our parts, like from you know from black to you know brown to whatever. It's like it's it's kind of I I, I see like a, a society of like almost like the United Nations where we do what's best for our, our own, but we because we because we're able to see it from a micro macro level of how it affects us, we're able to. Uh, distance ourselves from doing it to other people that are also oppressed. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. like, so I'm not, I'm not justifying that that person. I'm just saying, just, just emphasize because you understand that people are still powerless and they may show it in other ways. And and you know that 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 culture of oppression or that culture has been so ingrained into the black community for over 400 years that you know it's it's different. So coming in from like from the outside. You have that. You have that, that that beautiful privilege to be able to just say, "Hey, there's a way around this. There's a way that we can do things differently, and this is what we can do to enrich your community." You know, like you know what I mean. So, like you're you're, yeah. you're like the you can you can definitely help to enrich in that way because you have you come in with a different angle, and it's definitely appreciated. As people of color, not to lump people of color together, but to understand each and every other you know group's uh, situation. And exactly. you know, this, like somebody has to take the first step because it's not going to like happen simultaneously or in a vacuum. But I think in this circle, at least us and listeners can uh, make steps towards understanding other cultures, uh, other cultures' oppressions and uh, problems, and uh, you know, like uh, Galactic Film has said, uh, thinking macro to micro. There are some certain small situations that are personal. Um, they can take a lot of emotions, but if you think at the macro level, you can understand uh, the the deeper the deeper situation of it. In terms of thinking macro and like relations, we have to understand it takes a lot of emotion to create alliances. I mean, not not a, not even alliances, but create empowerment. Um, and I, I think we have to think about it as empowerment, not just alliance. Actually. Because, yeah, because that's temporary, right? Yeah, yeah, because, like, alliances are temporary. But if we think about empowering each other, then we can see, you know, the other side. If that makes sense. Did that make sense? It does, I understand. But, yeah, I, I want to talk I want to talk about uh, kind of your, your father, you know, he, he does own that restaurant and he, he was able to uh, have it open for these years um, for those those 45 years but there are also other you know like you mentioned earlier uh, liquor stores uh, and other you know kind of and, and it's understandable that uh, Middle Eastern uh, people come to the United States and you know they have to make a business uh, to, to support themselves, right? And they... Yeah, their families, whatever, yeah. I want to, like, uh, brainstorm ways, you know, to, to get to that empowerment. Like, how can we change their effect? Because especially with liquor stores, uh, mm-hmm. it's more of a degrading effect than 
anything else. And I remember one time I was at, at a Southside liquor store, uh, you know, with bulletproof ga- glass, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know the whole under, like situation. I don't know the macro level in terms of bulletproof ga- glass, but it was so Im- impersonal to me that I felt like there there has to be a change to that. So I was, I was sure. you know, that, you know you had any insight on that yeah so i mean <laughs> you know it's it's well first off where a person's morale is i cannot speak on behalf of i you know where if a person decides to open up a liquor store or a, or a, a, a food mart or you know whatever 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 the reason whatever whatever it is right you know where their morale is um you know i i i i, I just I have, I can't speak on behalf of, right? Um, it, 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 I'm trying to think of a line that uh, Lupe Fiasco used in one of his lyrics one time. He's, he, he goes to, uh, uh, in reference to what you're saying is, uh, y'all open up, the, what did he say? Y'all open up, the, up, y'all opening up the liquor store, so what y'all drinking all the liquor for? Oh, no, no, y'all complaining, um, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, y'all complain about all the liquor stores, but what y'all drinking all the liquor for? I, I, oh, dude, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, dude, I think, first of all, I think Lupe Fiasco is a genius, um, and I, and I always, I, there are certain lyrics in his, in his, in his tracks that I, that just, that just are embedded into me, and that's one of them, uh, so it's like, yeah, like, okay, you know, there's obviously a problem with, you know, um, you know, liquor stores being opened up in predominantly African American communities, and I think what Lupe Fiasco's rebuttal was: okay, y'all are complaining about the liquor stores, but what y'all going in drinking all the liquor for? So it's like, okay, you know, on one hand you have this problem, but on the other hand, you have, you know, you you have, you know, you know what the problem is. You would, you 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 can see the issue, but you have the choice whether to walk in or walk out. But I know it's not that easy, and I think that's why there needs to be, I think, more mental uh, mental health awareness in these communities and these rehabilitation centers that can really, really help, you know, people within these communities really just kind of strive away to strive, to strive away from. I mean, granted, yeah, it's kind of hit or it's it's like a hit and miss. It's like, you know, on one hand, you know, you have this business owner who's you know, who, who, who loses everything and he's not able to provide for his family. But on the other hand, you have these people who are able to rehabilitate themselves and, you know, uh, avert away from, you know, consuming alcohol because, you know, alcohol is, you know, alcohol is, is probably one of the uh, most addictive drugs in the nation. And I, I, yes, I, I use the term drug, um, because it's an addiction. And, uh, so, you know, I mean, you know, I, I, but again, I mean, you have to, you know, you, you have to acknowledge other things that are being opened up around, you know, you have to acknowledge the food marts, the restaurants, and, um, you know, all these other things, you know, you, you know, not, now you have these dispensaries, you know, why are we seeing dispensaries in the suburbs, but we're not seeing them in the hood? You know, I think that's another, I don't know, I, I, I think, I, I think that's a little strange. Um, yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I, what a person decides to do with how, you know, with how to make their money is, I mean, it's, 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 
it's 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 on them. It's you know it's really it's really on them. So I, I it's really hard for me to answer that because obviously you know you I don't know what goes on. I don't think anything goes on in the mind of a business owner that's opening up a liquor store. I think he sees an opportunity and he sees that or in his ideology you know they see that you know maybe a liquor store in a certain community can be beneficial for their business so they decide to open it and um you know so i i i think uh again it goes back to what i had said in the very beginning of this podcast was you know i think that you know the community needs to be educated on you know on, on how they can enrich their own community how they can keep everything black owned you know black businesses black owned um yeah you know so, but 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 think about this though once that happens then we're gonna it's just, it's just a trifecta of being segregated all over again and it's just it's just gonna yeah, yeah. this is a difficult conversation to have but i i understand black owned and that that needs to happen but i also want to think further you know, because right. um, there's always going to be that wall that we have to get through where it's going to be a lot of emotion to get get through in terms of empowerment of each other. And uh, like like you said, the first step is empower, empowering black businesses, but also like kind of, you know, political education in terms of being that empowerment and making uh, or helping black businesses kind of reach across uh, and Hanson, I wanted to, I wanted to also thank you for that uh, perspective because, you know, it is, it did come, something came to mind of, of, you know, there should, there should be perfect information on both sides, right? Like right. when you feel, when you're feeling certain uh, like energies, for instance, my my family they had a, a corner store too in the south side, southeast side of Pocket Town, they call it. Uh, name right. of it was Rob's Rob's Corner Food and. When we started putting in like tobacco products and blunts and things like that, the demographic change, the energy change, it was more hostile. But then when we took it out, it became more, more like back to normal. And I, I, I say that to say, you know, it might be helpful also if on both sides there's perfect information. For instance, the folks that are looking to start to set up shop in a community could say, hey, this is when you bring introduce these products, this is what. Uh, you was was expected. However, here are some also here are some alternative um, products that have proven to be um, you know profitable and beneficial as well. And here mm-hmm. are their outcomes. You know, like do you do you think that that would be valuable? And that's, that's probably I just want to close with that one. If, if you have if you have anything to add to that, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Can you just elaborate just just a little bit more on just on on on, on that? Just like you're asking, like the question, like the so I was just yeah, saying, yeah, like you know, do you think that it'll be it'll be more beneficial if there's perfect information being passed to first off the business owner, owners as well as the community members, um, and tell the other business owners or show, like have some information for the business owners to look at a review and say, okay, when you introduce these products, this is the expected outcome. However, these are some alternative products that are equally uh, beneficial and profitable, profitable if not more. And here is the outcome, you know, and and from there they can make the better, they can make a, a more informed decision, you know, on like yep. what products to yep. bring in and things like that, as well as the community can say, hey, you know, this is what's going to happen in our communities if we continue to support this. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great, great subject and question that you, you know, that you, uh, that you bring on. And, um, 
I mean, first off, I, I you know, thank you for even acknowledging, uh, thank you for acknowledging my opinion. Um, I think that, I mean, education on both sides of the spectrum, obviously within a community and a business owner and its people is immensely, immensely, um, uh, beneficial. I think it's super important. I think, uh, you know, when, when, you know, why, you know, when, when I, when I think of that, I think of, uh, I think of the, I think of the, the buildings right now in Tilson that are being literally hand, that are just being handed and given out to these developers. Why is that? You know, why, why are, why are people losing their buildings? Why are people, you know, why are people handing out their buildings to, 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 to these developers that are changing the community for their own self gain to, for their own self interest? And the reason is lack of resources, lack of education, because there was no one to educate or provide resources to these, to these, uh, you know, these landlords or owners, business owners, um, to say, hey, you know what? If you hold on to this business for a little bit longer, you know, the economy is going to go up. You know, you have to find a way to financially get by maybe just for this year. But within the next two, three, you know, within by the second year, you're going to see a complete turnaround. Um, you know, the demographics are changing or uh, maybe if you start selling, you know, maybe if you start selling apples instead of uh, oranges, you're going to see an incline in your business, you know, in, in, in your, you know, in, in, in your business structure. So I think, you know, you have to, you know, you, you know, you can't be selfish with your resources. And that's something that's, that's something I've always preached about was if you're given resources, if you are given the tools, it is your civic duty to share it within people of your community or to anyone that's struggling because we're all going to die at some point. I'm not, you know, you and I are not going to live forever. And I think that it's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a duty. It's our duty to provide whatever tools and resources that we're given so that we can help, uh, you know, increase people that are, you know, that are, that are facing their obstacles or they're in the struggle. So, um, you know, I, I think that, I, I think that, you know, you know, you, you asked, you know, is education beneficial, you know, to, to business owners and what have you? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I think, you know, if, if especially, especially if the African American community was given the correct resources, not resources, I'm saying the correct resources the you know the if they were given the correct resources equal opportunity i think there would be a massive shift a massive change within within um w- within the community um yeah I, 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 also, I, also, I love what you said okay. Ashram. um I, yeah thank you i, I love what you. what you were saying you almost got existential there and shit well, I mean, it's, 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 well, you know, you, you've got, you got to see things for what people don't want to see. And yeah, I think yeah, there are people mm-hmm. out there, there's developers out there that just, they, they don't, they are, they're doing their absolute best to not, not to let that happen. And I think that if the community is informed, really, really well informed, there can be a change. And I, 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 I just, I know you said that was going to be the ending, the end of your question. And I, I want to just kind of end saying it with this. It is Black History Month, and um, I know what I'm going to say might be a little controversial, but the reality is we won't see change until we 
until we bring on change. If we want change, we have to be the change if we want change. The truth and the reality is that there is no, we don't have, um, there is no Martin Luther King of our era. There is no Malcolm X of our era. There is no uh, Muhammad Ali of our era. The, I think the closest thing that we that we've been given, I think, was you know was, was uh, in my opinion was Barack Obama. But you know we don't you know we don't we don't have we, we there just there is just no voice of our era right now. You know uh, you know we've all been around for a while and I just you know we we've had we've had so many political leaders come and go, but there just there isn't there isn't um, there's no. Uh, there's no other Malcolm X. There's no other uh, Martin Luther King Jr. That, that that just stands out to me. There is no um, there is no there is no public uh, figure that really stands out to me. And I think the reason is there's just so many. There are just so many voices. There are just, there have just been so many voices throughout these movements that we've had that these voices have just overlapped and overlapped and overlapped. And somewhere along the somewhere along the line, the message was lost. And we haven't, you know, there's been just so many issues that have that have taken place through, through the, you know, through the course of um, the Trump administration. Um, you know, there just there's just been such an overlap with voices. No, not one, not not really one single voice has been heard. And I think that's why I, I believe that's why we're gonna have a hard time uh, seeing change. And uh, you know, I'm optimistic. I do believe I do believe in change. And I I, I think somewhere down the line it, it, it you know it will happen um hopefully within this hopefully under, under under this new presidential administration but i think there's just so much more work to do and um you know i think that if people spent more time listening as opposed to talking over each other i think a lot can be uh can be accomplished and for that i thank you both very much definitely yeah and uh yeah again over <laughs> <laughs> Instead of yelling, just shut up, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, but, um, yeah. No, I definitely, you know, Galactic Nomad, Hashem, both of you guys, I appreciate you guys coming in here, having this difficult conversation. Um, I look forward to, like, developing it more um, and, you know, having, you know, having more cohesive uh, thoughts and actions or plans for action. Um, I definitely want to, you know, would love to know uh, what, you know, providing educational resources, you know, right now to like, uh, to, to our communities would look like. Um, and you can, you can see that uh, we, overall, we are being more educated as a people. And uh, uh, like you said, we're, we're optimistic at the outlook and I've seen progress. And, uh, yeah, so we definitely have things to look forward to. So, yeah, y'all, this is Fireside Jam, uh, your medium for a conscious turn-up. We just had uh, Hashem as a featured guest, uh, along with me, Baka, and the Galactic Nomad. Appreciate y'all for coming on. Thank you both so much for uh, giving me the opportunity. Thank you. Anytime, bro. Anytime. Hey, gratitude, nothing but love and respect. Thank you both. Likewise, bro. Uh, hey, moral of the story, Hashem, bro. Um, don't make soul food, bro. 
I'll make you a deal. I'll make you a deal. I won't make I won't make soul food if you promise not to make any shawarma. Ah man, damn! I was gonna make something tonight, bro. <laughs> hey, Hassan, you were. Hey, I enjoyed that conversation, though, bro. Like, one thing I appreciate about you is we can have these tough conversations because you know our heart. These are things that we're trying to unlearn collectively. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, this is stuff that's like this, like white supremacy, oppression, things like that. These are ingrained within us so much that we don't even know, you know, where does our our heritage start and stop, and how much is, does it actually affect us? And you know, being a you know being a, you know uh, Americanized, you know, in the sense of, of immigrants, I I don't I can't I I don't know that that struggle, but you know, there's definitely definitely some there as well. So it's kind of like we're all collectively improving you know our own outlook, and, and it, it it happens through communication. So you know, this is this is awesome. Oh, ditto, man. I, I agree with you 100. I I think I think that. You know, I, I think that our voices combined can do a lot of damage mm-hmm. um, and more more good than harm. So, I really uh, I believe in what you guys are doing. So, I mean, really, truly. So, if there's a way for me, if there's a way that I can I can blow this thing up, uh, you just you 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 forward me the info, and <laughs> I'm gonna I'll put it out there. That'd be great. And also share share with us like you know sort of some of your quote unquote skill sets that you know you come with to like. We already to the point in one of like having a um, um, a, a, a background and, and, and way of thought that uh, is goes against sort of what, what we excuse me what we know to be you know the truth on our side and it's cool to have that competing argument it's cool to have these conversations and it's cool to like just trust that other person to realize that you know we're you know we're in this together but we're also looking to just grow and have real conversation to go where place like society just doesn't want to go you know for the purpose of growth uh, purposes and things like that so you know we're we can send you some, some information uh, can you send us your email and you know yeah. we, we definitely want to kind of pinpoint a way to kind of make it make sense and you know you're definitely as much involved in it as we are so share you know whatever your you know your, your, your strengths are whatever you're, you're looking to do and we, we can definitely collab on a lot of things for sure, bro. For sure. Oh yeah. Thank you but, so much. All right, guys. Thank you. I gotta, I gotta jump. I gotta take care of something real quick. Uh, but dude, any, let's let's keep keep the conversation going. I want to learn more about Absolutely. you know different different histories and different things like that, different backgrounds. So. Same. You guys same, have same. a good night. Oh yeah. You too. All right, guys. All right, Shabbat. Take care, guys. All right.